Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you, O Lord, for giving us this incredible opportunity to gather together in this place. Father, right now, we pray that your dear, sweet Holy Spirit will use my mind to think in and my mouth to speak from. That same spirit should work in all of those who are under the sound of my voice this morning. Father, bless us with wisdom, discernment, and open the eyes of our hearts that we may see you and understand how much you love us and what you have already done. Now move me out of the way, Father, that your perfect message can now go forward. We thank you ahead of time for the victories we're about to experience because of your word. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say it. Amen. 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 We're coming up on the third week of this particular series, Our Family Tree. And in this series, we have established a couple things that we know are 100% biblical. Now, again, I want you to understand the attack has been on our Bible. Everybody get that? It's been to delude, to wash away, to kind of take the strength away from the Bible. So these concepts are like the little weeds that you can pull up in your garden, but if you don't pull them up by the root, they just wait till you turn your back and then they just grow right back again. I know because I got a bunch in my yard right now. But this is how this thing works. So when it comes to these kinds of things, they're just absolute threats to the Bible. Now, I need you to understand something. God is our creator. We have not evolved. We are not evolutionary. We haven't come from apes. We haven't come from tadpoles. God created Adam and Eve. God created them and in them he put himself in the sense of DNA and all of the things that we share today. Are y'all still with me this morning? Now, that is what our Bible says. Now, we all know what we learned in school. We all know what we learned in college. We all know that what we heard, uh, you got books, you may still have them, that shows man going from some kind of eight form person and then another one was a little bit more erect until they finally got a straight up man. Listen, I need you to know, if you're getting ready to pay a bunch of money for an ancestry set church search, give me the, give me the money because I'm about to save you some time right now. You ready? We all came from Adam and Eve. Every human being on the planet Earth came from Adam and Eve. Now, when the flood happened, God wiped out those people, and then there was Noah and his sons, so they were the same people that came from Adam and Eve, and then from there, the Earth was populated again. So we're all one people. The reason I'm saying this is because we learned that there's a bunch of different races and that is not biblical. God not one time has ever spoken about race when he talked to his people. Why? Because God was never fooled on what he created. That's a God was never fooled on what he created. So there was no need for him. You can search the Bible all you want. You're not going to find white, black, purple, polka dot, pink. You're not going to find it because God knew what it created. He created one people. Say, Pastor Ben, why is this stuff, why is it important? 
because it attacked our Bible and now we have this division in the body of Christ. We have this division in the world. We have this stuff because of a lie. Race, brothers and sisters, is man-made. I'm going to say it one more time. You can take notes. You can write this down. Race is a man-made construct. There is only one race and that's the human race. That's my sister right there. My brother back there. We're all one family because that's what God did. Now, the whole idea about us looking different and all that stuff, I told you last week, we, we went, we left the area, went to the Valley of Shinar, decided that we didn't want to do what God told us to do. We go populate the earth. We're going to build a temple that we call the Tyre of Babel. Everybody remember hearing that place, right? Where God went down and confused the languages of the people and made, forced them to leave, to go and populate the earth. So it's the same people from Adam and Eve to Noah to the Valley of Shinar till today. We're all the same people. So here's what's happening. There was a book written by Charles Darwin. Well, actually he wrote two. But this book talked about the superiority of one race over another race. But there, if, if there's only one race, how can one be superior over the other one? If there's only one, how can one be superior over the other? Now, I need us to get this because it has affected the church. We are the only entity that God can use to speak to the world. So if the world has gone nuts, if the world has gone mad... God must send his healing power through a body that belongs to him and that is us to heal the madness in the world. But that means we first must be healed because as we sit here right now, I know we have all kind of myths and wives' tales and crazy ideas about race. You know, my uncle was in the army in World War II and he was over in Germany. And there was a lot of soldiers there that didn't want him to kind of be around German women because of, quote, race. So those soldiers took times to tell a story about any man of color, said at night their tails would grow. <laughs> now I'm telling you the truth. Now they told them that story in hopes that they would keep these two groups from interacting with each other. But see here, here's the kicker. They didn't know that they sparked the interest in these women who at midnight wanted to see the tail grow. Now, I need us to get this because a lot of the stuff that we have faith in today is not from the Bible. We have faith in stuff that is not biblical. And part of this sermon series is to make sure that we take that stuff away. I don't want you to share your faith of God with anything that is untrue. The word says that our God is a jealous God. He loves us. We are his bride. We are supposed to belong to him. And there are things that we have faith in that didn't come from him. Are y'all still with me today? Are you sure? So I need us to get the purpose of this and to really understand what this thing is all about. Now, if God knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, and he did, he only created one race, 
then whenever he's talking about groups in the Bible, he's talking about different spiritual groups. We kind of went over this, but I need you to get it today because it's important. So we're going to go to a concept where it says God restores oneness. Now hear me, he's not restoring races. There used to be a little song we sang. God loves all the little children. Remember that song? All little children, black. He loves all the children, brown and less brown. That's all that is. That's all it is because we're all one people. But let's, let's go over this. So you already have some fun. So tell me, say, Pastor, I'm ready. Praise the Lord. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Now, again, Samuel is a prophet of God, and God was done with Saul. Saul didn't know it yet, but God was done with Saul being the king of Israel. So he sent Samuel on a mission to go find the new king. So Samuel goes to this community and says that he's having this service, but really in the background, he's there to find the new king. So Saul had a mindset because he was the same prophet who chose Saul. Now he chose Saul because of Saul's height. Saul was a very tall person and gave the image of strength and power. So he was chosen for that reason. So now Samuel is going to Jesse's house to interview Jesse's sons in search of the new king. Are y'all with me so far? It says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and fought. Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. What did Samuel see in Eliab? He's seen height. He's seen broad shoulders. He's seen strength. And because he's seen those particular things, he figured this is the new king of Israel. But let's read on. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Okay, I need you to be Samuel for a second. I need you to be the prophet of God. I need you to be the church right now. (laughs) I need you to be the body of Christ right now. I need you to be that person whose mind has been set to make distinctions based on outward appearances. Oh, I hope y'all are going with me this morning. I need you to be what Samuel is right now because Samuel represents the church. He represents the movement of the church. Samuel is standing there right now with a horn full of anointing oil because he has the job of anointing the next king. So if Samuel then is us, Samuel had a mindset. He could only determine the next king based on outward appearance. How many of us are making decisions on outward appearances, which is absolutely unbiblical? I don't need you to raise your hands. I need you to melt your hearts today. Making decisions on people or circumstances that is absolutely unbiblical, but it's something we've been taught, just like Samuel was taught. So when he arrives, he is using his own little filter to make this decision. So when he sees Eliab, he goes, this is the one. And what does God say? No. Let's read this. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have 
rejected him. The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. Our Creator. Our Savior. Our Messiah. Our King. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Man, I love this stuff. You know why? Because we all need to make a paradigm shift. We all got infected. All of us. We all got infected. Because we did. When we got this thing, we said, okay, this race is superior to this race. This one is less superior. This one. Y'all remember this in school? The lighter, the more intelligent. The darker, the dumber. I, y'all didn't go to my school. But hear me, it's important that the church gets this because if the Lord doesn't do it, then how us being his body, how are we doing this? We can't. And if we are, then we need to change because we need to see the world through God's eyes because we are his body. Y'all still with me this morning? Is this making sense to you? Praise the Lord. So God restores oneness. Now, this part of the story, I love this. Wow, I love this. Because, again, this is what we call a paradigm shift. The two characters in here are Peter and Cornelius and, of course, some other people. But there's a whole mental concept that needs to change. Now, we all grew up in certain environments. We all had stuff that we said, oh, you know, I'm hot-blooded because I'm Italian. So I get angry easy. No, no, you get angry just like anybody else and you have the right to stop being angry just like anybody else. Are, are y'all getting me? But we get all these wives tales, all these myths, and we mix them in and we make them truths. And then we're making decisions on stuff that is unbiblical. And then we sit in church. And the Bible says, how can you say you love God whom you cannot see and hate your brother who you see every day? Why does the Bible say that? Because God doesn't see the world like we do. We have to change to see the world like he does. So let's read this story. You ready? This is Acts chapter 10. Y'all having fun yet? Well, hold on to something because it's about to get uh, pretty interesting. And I know this ain't easy to do. I know it's not. So if it's not easy for you, think about me. No, I'm being real. If you think it's uncomfortable for you, Think about me, because I got to tell you this. But I got to speak it in a way that you know I'm not condemning. I am revealing so we can have a deeper, more understanding love and we can be the body that God wants us to be in the world. At Caracera, how do you say that? I always knew somebody would always say it. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. So he wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile. He and all his family were devout and God fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. He wasn't a Jew, but he believed in the one God and he acted on his belief. 
of being fearful and giving and sharing. Let's read on. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctively saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. So Cornelius is experiencing the world in this fashion. He is not a Jew, but he believes in God. And he is sharing and giving and loving and devout. So God wants him to see something different. So God, in a supernatural fashion, sends an angel to Cornelius to do what? To change his filter of how you see. Now, I need to, this is important. I need you to do this for me. I need you to understand. We all have a filter inside of our head that most of the time was given to us or we learned from other people that we loved. And they gave us information. My grandmother, I told you before, was excellent at superstitions. Nobody knew superstitions better than my grandmother. Nobody. So she was excellent at that stuff. So what did she share with me? Superstitions. Another quick story. You ready? I'm not good at jokes. I don't even know if I told this yet. But a young man marries a girl, and she asked him what his favorite meal was, and he said a ham. So she cooked him a ham. And when she put it on the table, both ends of the ham were cut off. He goes, what? Cut off? I like the end of the ham. She said, that's the way my mama taught me. So the next year, the mother came to the dinner. And she cooked the ham. And she brought it out, set it on the table, both ends of the ham cut off. He said, I asked your daughter last year. And she said, you're the one who taught her that. Who taught you that? She said, my mama. So the next year, grandma is there at the dinner. Grandma brings the ham out and sits it on the table and both ends of the hammer cut off. The young man pushes back from the table and turns to grandma and says, you know, you've taught this to your daughter and to your granddaughter. Why? Because I love the ends of the ham. And she said, well, when I married my husband, I didn't have a pan big enough to hold the whole ham. I need you to understand what you just heard because most of us have been living on unbiblical truths or myths that we've heard from other people and those things have developed our vision of the world. So we see the world through that stuff that we have learned. Are y'all following me today? So what we have to do is find out if we are the body of Christ, how does Christ see the world? All right, so Cornelius is about to have this paradigm shift. He's about to have this difference that the Holy Spirit is leading him to. So let's read on. You ready? It says, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey, these are the men that Cornelius sent, and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Now first... Peter must have some money because I remember if I'm hungry, either me and my wife are in the kitchen cooking so we can eat. Peter was up on the roof 
chilling. Somebody else is cooking his food. So Peter must have a little piece of money. That was just a side note. Y'all didn't even get that, man. It's okay. So he's up on the roof. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. So Peter finds himself in a dilemma right now. Peter's mind says, these are the laws of which I live by, and I've never broken those laws. I've always not eaten anything that was unclean. But all of a sudden, now this sheet from where? From heaven. So God is going to change Peter's view. So he says to Peter, kill and eat. Now in on this sheet are all these animals that Peter wouldn't even touch. But God is telling him to kill and eat. Are y'all still with me this morning? The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. So let's go back to the Garden of Eden. God created Adam. Then he created Eve. Eve is the mother of all living. So did God create the human family? Yes. How did he create them? He said, let us make them in my image, in our image. We will make them. So he created us. So we're okay with him in that context. The sin issue, that's another sermon for another time. But I need you to get this today. Did he not create all the people clean? Okay, let's read on. This happened three times. Why did it have to happen three times? Why did it have to happen three times? Because Peter is so stuck in his mindset that even a supernatural image from God would cause him not to respond for three times. This shows us how deep this insanity can be in us. That truth can be spoken once, twice, three times is what Peter needed. To begin to understand, maybe what I'm thinking is wrong. Is anybody hearing me today? Somebody told me, he said, this will never be fixed in our lifetime. I told him, you a lie. Why are you a lie? Because all we got to do is speak it, see what the Bible says, change our mindset just like Peter and Cornelius did. Now, how many days did it take? Peter gathered on one day. The people left Peter's, I mean, Cornelius' house on one day. They took three days to get there. Three days later, Peter gets the sheet, and now he's on his way to Cornelius' house. How many days is that? <laughs> okay, four. But that's okay. It was just days, not years, not generations. Oh, man, I hope you all hear me today. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Because God said, I didn't didn't give you the information three times. Brother, you better get yourself up (laughs) and go do what I need you to do. Y'all still here this morning? Okay. 
So Peter does what? As soon as Peter's done with this particular dream, guess who's at his front door? The soldiers that Cornelius sent to meet him. So God will always meet you where your need is. He will always provide for you where your need is. He will send the message that you need. I'm here to tell you today, you're sitting in this place not by accident. You're sitting here today by providence because God needs you to hear this message because he knows you are the ones that will step up and change the world. So it's not an accident that you're here today. So these men meet with Simon and listen to me. Peter has never went anywhere with Gentiles. Never. They didn't even come. No way that they would communicate with each other. Never. There's no way that Peter would go. Some Gentiles at the gate want me. Tell them to go around to the back. Somebody back there deal with them. I'm not going anywhere with them. But something happened to Peter. Upon the rooftop, God sent him a message. Let's move on. Is this helping you today? It says, while talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering. So Peter goes with the men. He finally gets to Cornelius' house. There's this beautiful interaction between Cornelius and Peter. Why? Because both of them know they're at the tip of one of the most major changes in spiritual history. These two men are about to go on to a venture that Jews and Gentiles had never went on together before. They're about to cross over into an area that no one else has done before. But there was enough courage, enough strength for both of them. What? To believe in what God had said. To believe in what God had showed them. To do what? To begin to make this move. So... While talking with him, this is Peter talking with Cornelius, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. You ready for this? Two people go inside and find a large gathering of people. What are they going to do inside? Convince those people that what they had been believing on is wrong. And this is how you need to see it. Guess what, brothers and sisters? You didn't know you came here today to get a mission. You didn't know that you chose this day to come to church and you are about to have a mission. God lowered a sheet down for you last night. Because <laughs> you're about to go back to your life. You're going back to the circles of your importance, your involvement. You're going back to that place with a new view, with a deeper understanding. And when you enter into that place, you are going to be able to have the tools necessary to help the large gathering change their minds. Now, what what gave Peter strength? God. What gave Peter power? God. What gave Cornelius strength? God. What will give you strength? God. He said to them, this is Peter speaking to the crowd. You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. (laughs) But God, man, I love this stuff. But God, but God. 
Peter defines the law that says why I shouldn't be here. He defines the law that says why I shouldn't be comfortable being here. He defines the law that says you and I should not be in the same place at the same time. But then Peter said, but God, I offer you something today. Are we the body of Christ? Are we the body of Jesus Christ? Well, then listen to me. We must live and walk out what Christ wants more than what we want and more than what we fear. Because Peter had a whole bunch of folks who were Jews who would say to Peter, what are you doing in those people's house? Are you crazy that you went there? But God has shown me, this is what Peter said, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Boop. Let me say this. This is not for condemnation. This is for revelation. My job is not to make you feel bad. My job is to illumine your eyes and illumine your ears. We sang the song to you today. That's what this thing is about. Why? See, because the world needs us right now. The world needs us right now. The body of Christ needs us right now. So when I was sent for, I came, listen to what he says. So when I was sent for, So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? He didn't even fully understand what he was supposed to do there. He didn't fully understand. I didn't fully understand why God sent me to Tomoka Christian Church. It wasn't a soul here that looked like me. But I understand now. That he sent me here for me, but also sent me here for you. So together we can realize that the whole thing that held us apart, the whole thing that had these artificial judgments, the whole thing that lived in our minds but not in the Bible can be fixed. Cornelius answered. This is Cornelius answering Peter. Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour. At three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, that's Jesus confirming that I'm telling the truth. (laughs) Cornelius, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Sent to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God. I said, we are all here in the presence of God. I said, we are all here in the presence of God. 
We are all here on the planet Earth in the presence of God who created us all. It's not the first time or the last time it's going to happen because in Revelations, it talked about every tribe, every nation will stand before the throne. But today, we are all here in the presence of God Almighty. Now, we are all here in the presence of God to do what? To listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. I'm here to tell you what God told me to tell you, that we are one people. And the body needs to work together to make sure that these lies do not remain. Our Bible was under attack. Do you believe that the Bible is 100% true? I said, do you believe the Bible is 100% true? Well, hear me. If you believe the Bible is true and what is in your head rivals the Bible, get rid of what's in your head because you ain't changing the Bible. So there's a truth that is important. For the body of Christ. I'm going to read this and I'll be finished. Y'all okay? Hmm. (laughs) Then Peter began to speak. I love this part. You ready? He says, I now realize. Now, wait a minute. Peter is a devout Jew. That means Peter been going to the synagogue. Peter been going to church. Peter been doing all the spiritual things that he's supposed to do. Peter is a, he said, he, he, he followed all of the laws. Peter was going to church. Peter had a bumper sticker on his carriage. Peter had a big old cross on his check. Trust. Peter was doing everything. But now he what? Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Ready for little secret it doesn't cost you to give respect to your brother and sister because the respect you don't give to your brother and sister is the same disrespect you make for yourself because we are but one people why is this important because the disease of lie affected the church we are the church and if we're going to be the light on the hill then the light needs to be fixed almost done (laughs) can you go back one verse two then peter began to speak i now realize how true it is that god does not show favoritism but accepts god does what god does what accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right that's what god does and if god does it what should we do Praise the Lord. So God restores oneness. One quick verse here and I'm done. Revelations chapter 7. Y'all have fun yet today? This been helpful to you? John says, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, and people, and language. You understand, it didn't say from every race. See, because there were 12 tribes of Israel that left Egypt. There were 12 tribes. Y'all still sitting here? There, There were 12 tribes that left Egypt. 
So that didn't say races, it said tribe. Why? Because we're one people. Now, I'm going to give you a book next week that you can take with you, a little booklet that will give you all the information you need about how we got different skin tones. But guess what? We all colored. Yeah, I said it. We all colored. You just got less melanin in your skin than I do. But you brown. If you was white, we call 911. Because all the blood would be gone, wouldn't it? But I need us to get this because this stuff has been living for so long and it has affected the uh, power of the church and we can't have it anymore. Let me stop. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing, all of these people, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Is he your lamb? Was he sacrificed for you? He was sacrificed for me. He was sacrificed for everybody that has come to him and said, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. We only got one more week of this. (laughs) But I need you to know it is no mistake that you're here today. There's no mistake that you're hurt. You've been hearing what you've been hearing. So I, I applaud you for coming back, one. Second, God has lowered down a sheet for you today and showed you that he shows no favoritism. And if he doesn't, then we shouldn't. And you say, now, okay, brother, how do I get from here to here? Romans 12 says that you are to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you know what I had to do? I had to go back and understand all the superstitions that my grandmother gave me. They had ordered my life. I was afraid to open up umbrellas in the house. I'd make sure that no birds could fly in my windows, so I kept them down all the time. I mean, I could go on and on. I go to some people's houses. I wouldn't eat food in their house. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> Poor salt. Throwing it over your shoulder. Throwing. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I know we laugh, but I'm telling you things that we have incorporated in our lives that have absolutely no value whatsoever. I don't care if you're Leo, uh, uh, Aquarius, or... I can't even remember the rest of them things. I don't care if you were born at that time. Guess what? You were born, you accept Jesus Christ, therefore you were born again. And if you've been born again, you are a Christian now. Not an Aquarius or a Leo or a Ram or a whatever that thing is. Are y'all understanding this? So here's what you got to do. You're going to have to challenge the stuff that's in here. And line it up against the Bible. And if it's not in the Bible, then it shouldn't be in you. And then you're going to have to be like Peter because he's going to send you to a Cornelius. I said he's going to send you to a Cornelius' house. He's going to put you in an environment where somebody will speak something that you know is absolutely 100% unbiblical. And you're going to have to speak truth to that matter. Say, thank you, Pastor Ben. I'm going to flatten your car tires, Pastor Ben. (laughs) 
Come on up, praise team. I, I love this stuff. Why? Because I love the body of Christ. I love the Bible. I love my Savior. He saved me. He died for me. I can't help but stand here today and tell you the truth. And the truth is, God never had to speak about race because he only created one, the human race. So he never had to defend what he created. What he's done in these particular things is to make sure that these different religious views became one. That's the only problem. He, but he knew all of us were just one people. How do I know? Want to know what the secret is? Because stupidity is an equal opportunity employer. Ignorance is an equal opportunity employer. Ignorance don't give a darn what color you are, where you came from, whether you was Italian, Irish, South African. It don't care. Stupidity don't care. Ignorance don't care. Hate does not care. So they try to teach us something because they don't care what you look like. They will use you as long as you make yourself available. Well, I'm here to tell you today, you belong to God. Amen. You belong to him. And he wants to use you today. Let him have you.